and welcome to the newest episode of Keen Minds, where we're taking a look at the third episode of the fifth season of NBC's The Blacklist, Miss Rebecca Thrall. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And how did you I, like it? <laughs> I, I tell you, I love this episode. I've been wanting for the longest time scenes between red and and tom and we've talked and talked in all our podcasts about them needing to kind of like have it out like you like get some some talking about this and you know within the genre because this is not this is us this is not a family drama you're not gonna get a whole episode of them talking things over as they go over a beer and do high drama in spyware that's what you do. You get a little thing. You get like two, three uh, lines in there, and that that is bonding. They they read everything they were that was to be read. Most father and son in laws go out for a beer. These two go and hijack guns and planes. Mm-hmm. Hey, you do your bonding over whatever works. Um, and, and it was it was absolutely lovely, and they had that that great conversations there. Um, I gotta say, the first three episodes of the season have been very light on canon, very light on mythology, but they have been very interesting in seeing Red construct an empire. This is really the magician rehearsing a trick, and this time we get to see him. And I think that's I think that's its own level of fascinating with with mythology and everything. Yes, it's we're still looking at things like the connection between Red and Liz. Obviously, we know that. As of right now, Cannon's saying he's her father. Uh, there, there's still obviously more to it than just that because we've got the bones, we've got all those questions, why he came into our life when he did. So many questions there. But to me, personally as a fan, the fact that he built his empire to protect Liz, especially seeing a glimpse into how he did that the first time in current day is very fascinating to me. It's it's a little window to the past that I'm I'm very much enjoying. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, I I'm actually okay. I remember season three was very similar. We did not get we got snippets here and there about you know Katarina Rostova, uh, in maybe in one oh one on on three oh one and three oh two, but that was about it. And then it just dried up until we got to three eleven. And that was absolutely fine to me because you, you got to see another side of Reddit and, and everybody's on the right to, to see, to, to go on a ride with Red, see what he does. Roller coaster now, ride with Red. Now we have a, now we have a plane to go places. <laughs> yeah. Just no, uh, no fuel and no pilot, which, oh my gosh, that means Edward is gone. That makes me very, very sad. <laughs> I was worried about Edward, the pilot. I know. I, and, I imagine that they took uh, that Werner people. Werner people got him. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's possible that he just said bye and left, but the likelihood. Get poor him Edward. back. Oh, poor Edward. I mean, you can't get him back if he had a plastic bag tied around his face and thrown in the ocean or something. I mean, mm-hmm. eh, only so much you can get him back from. Well, you want to it will be another bag of bones. <laughs> We've got one. That's more than enough. Just ask Tom. One is more than enough. 
So, so I, I, I would basically say this was basically Glenn's episode, Tom and Red episode, and Wrestler episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, there, there wasn't a lot. Aram, Samar, and Cooper, it was very light on them. We, mm-hmm. we got to see a little bit with, you know, Cooper running the task force, as he always does. It was pretty light on him. Um, one of my favorite scenes, though, for the whole episode, and, and there were a lot of really good scenes that we'll end up touching on throughout the throughout the, the length of the podcast, but that moment with Rustler when he walked in and was talking about that he had a dead body in the, the back of the car, yada, 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 just, Liz just rolls with it. And Samar does the same thing. It just it showed the closeness of the task force, how easy they are around each other, how much they they I mean, there was never a question that wrestler really had a body in the back and he was able to just roll with that. Okay. I am going to disagree there with you. I think that both Samar and to a bigger extent Liz got the hackles up. Might have, might have, but I'm, I'm just, yeah, I, I was just really entertained with how it, you know, how yeah. easily they were able to jump into that. And He and... did the same thing with Gail. Yo, I was there, he just told him, and, and Gail was like, oh, you're so funny. Um, yeah. so it, I think it was, it, and it's been an actual um, great choice they made to have Wrestler be able to lie so convincingly and even though he's lying convincingly cooper liz and red have picked up on it yeah i think so i I definitely think cooper has and i definitely think red has very very intriguing um so this is this this was um so we start with with um Let's go in with Wrestler because I mean, there's there's not a lot with Aram Samar Cooper. I mean, that's that's basically it. Um, um, I do have one thing on Cooper though. Okay. I do think Cooper knows. I mean, that line that he has. Um, let me just um. That he tells that you know the a, a corrupt cop and and all that. That was, that to me read like. Like, he really knew. See, I didn't get that. Like, the conversation that they had when he called Mm -hmm. Wrestler into his office, that read much more to me like that. Cooper's Cooper's comment about corrupt cops and such, I read that more as in he's been in this business for a long time and he's seen everything. He's seen the good, the bad, and everything in between. Oh, I don't know. I think that... I read it. I mean, not that he was doing it, you know, he wasn't hammering it on. But it's a funny episode when you get Liz Cooper and Red telling him. Cooper says, the ones who let anger, emotion, prejudice, and carelessness affect their behavior are every good cop's worst nightmare. Then Liz says, oh, from one dirty cop to another... And then Red puts the the icing on the cake with a little with um, I think he had even sprinkles in there sparklers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like you know, when you need me, I'm there. I, I think that 
these are three characters telegraphing to Red, you know, to Wrestler, that, hey, we know, and, and you just got to let us know. Well, I mean, we mentioned last week when we talked about it that wrestler i mean it's getting harder and harder the further he goes into it and he made the comment to liz he says i've got Mm -hmm. a friend he just keeps digging himself deeper i mean he he told her everything without telling her everything Mm -hmm. but i i really do believe that if he had gone to cooper first off and said this is what happened this is what this guy's trying to do to me i i freaked out i panicked this is what happened i i think cooper would have stood by him and helped him now saying that as i said last week I also understand why he wouldn't do that, even if it's a totally, I mean, and to be fair, it would be a self, self, partially selfish reason anyway. But on the selfless part of it, it would put the task force in danger to do that. I, I think Cooper would, but I think it would all, the wrestler would also understand the very bad position he was putting his boss and his team in to tell them about this. I, I think, yes, to an extent, um, it's going to make Cooper, anyway, it, it it's just going to make things very difficult for him. He's under review. He's under pressure. Red is delivering actually pretty nice uh, blacklisters. Uh, but, but if you think about the scope of the blacklisters that he delivered during the first two seasons, he was delivering the front God, well, for uh, season three, he was delivering guy. I mean, he was delivering people who could basically have killed a large number of people. You know, mass murderers at, at levels, you know, Frederick Barnes. Um, so this this is different, and, and they're, they're, they get a very different feel, the blacklisters this year. So far, I mean, he's... We, we still don't know why people make it onto his blacklist. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that as we go along, we'll see that there is not just the reconstruction that he's doing, that there is something else that he's doing. Because I do think, I, in fact, I'm not that sure that he's that broke or he's left with nobody. I think that part of this entire thing is that being broke gets Liz to help him that then he can go on this, you know, exotic adventures and take Liz out of, you know, the range of the suitcase. I I mean, I'm not doubting that he's, you know, he's not a poor man, but I'm not by any means what he used to be, but definitely not. Well, illiquid and entirely broke are two different things. There you go. And when Liz called him broke, he went out of it. And it sounds like a flowery statement, very red. But what was it he said on the first episode back? Broke is such a harsh word. No, 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 no. It was second episode. Uh, when he basically said that he exaggerated to get, you know. When, I gilded. I may have gilded that lily a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's the phrase. And that that may be what a liquid versus broke is, the yeah, he's got a whole lot less money, but, you know, he's not completely broke. He's living the part, I gotta say. He's in the motel, he's doing all these things. It, it's, a, it's, it's a very intriguing thing to me to, to see, you know, Red like that. I almost like it better because he's, you know... I would really like him back in his three-piece suits and his fedora, though. The 
It's coming. I've saw, I saw. I saw so. some. I hope so. I. Mm, <laughs> I'm you not like getting a baseball cap. I don't. <laughs> I, I I am a I'm a suit and a fedora girl. I love fedoras. I I've been a fedora fan much longer than I've loved the blacklist. Uh, I've got a whole collection of them um, well, that I wear regularly. Staple of the uh, of the of the gumshoe. Well, yeah, it's I. I mentioned a couple weeks ago. I said I've always been a Rat Pack fan, a Sinatra fan. It's probably where I picked it up from, but. It's the the three piece suits, the fedoras. It just that that's awesome to me. It's one of the things that drew me to red, and I'm just like, listen, I, I know that you were like officially the dad now. You don't have to dress like it. <laughs> Please don't dress. I like think it. he's he's. I mean, did you notice in this episode um, how good Red was doing undercover? He's as good as Tom. Oh, he's fantastic. He always has Which, been, though. I mean, there's, yeah. there's never been any question about that. He just, it's because, just like Liz said, he's as comfortable in his, you know, cave as he is in the restaurant, as he is with, he is comfortable anywhere. And that is what you have to be to be an undercover agent, because you just kind of have to slip into the role and go. Mm-hmm. And and it it just like I keep thinking Red got up had studied with a major, you know from all those little details all that thing. Yeah, it's something in there. Um, I, but I'm not a, I'm not opposed to that theory. I just I don't know yet. But it would explain why he actually because I've always questioned why Red would have gone to an organization that warps children like bud did because red's usually very anti-hurting kids like that's his there's a lot of things red will look past that's not one of them um and that's that's bud was not kind to those kids um he was pretty abusive to them um and so yes you can argue that he saved their lives and i'm sure Every child that came out of the St. Regis program would argue that, including Tom, probably. But just because you can argue that doesn't mean that it's that he did not tw- take vulnerable children and twist them terribly. I, I, I do agree. I think that if we're talking in general life, it would be absolutely terrible. In Spylor... I still think for Red, with with his general setup, the way he views his worldview, I think that that has always struck me as a very odd thing for him to overlook. He knows what... I know he doesn't work with them when they're kids, but he knows that that's how they're being Mm -hmm. raised. Yeah. And and then on the other hand, what, what Red is doing with Liz, granted Liz is an adult, it's basically training her. It's you know taking her to Wujing to to personify a encryption specialist when she knows nothing of it. It's just plunging her on the deep end of the pool. But she's an adult. She's not a fourteen-year-old kid that just got yeah. out of a bad foster home that is on on the run from everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, that, I'm not gonna argue that. Yeah, that, that, sorry. That, <laughs> I have a lot of feelings when it comes to the Saint Regis program. It's I I would love more I don't information think on that it. Is, I don't think it is a good one, but I think that the, it's interesting to know um, 
how similar because red said it and it's funny because you end up going back to these things that red has said and he said tom and i share many things you know <laughs> and here they are when they work to and they were working together and i i honestly think um that there was a there was a lot more going on in there that it's that it meets the naked eye. You need to really get a little deep in there in that in those scenes with Red. But but talking about wrestler, going back to wrestler, wrestler. I mean, I gotta say this was a fantastic wrestler episode. It was one of the things that caught my eye. Um, I can't remember the wording, and I meant to go back and look at the actual wording before we started recording, but. In the in the episode where he accidentally killed Hitchin last year, mm-hmm. she she basically said, "No, you're my dog, you're mine. I own yeah, you. You don't be standing up in here. Yeah, I own you." And uh, I, I want you to know what what your place in this marriage is. You don't be standing in in my house. Yeah, and Prescott said something very similar. He's like, "No," because Wrestler said, "I'm not your you're indentured servant until yeah. you pay my debt." That's what you're doing. And so it's it's this ownership that got passed. Hitchin thought, you know, that they gave up the evidence to Hitchin. Hitchin thought she owned Wrestler. Hitchin died. Prescott covered it up. Now Prescott owned. And so it's just one after another after another. All right. So if it sounds a little funny, um, we're actually recording from here on out on Friday night. Um... We, we started the recording on Thursday night, and Jen's... We had com- technical difficulties. Jen's computer hates her, and <laughs> it, it basically garbled up and, and essentially ate the back two-thirds of our podcast. <laughs> so here we go again. Second time is a charm. Yeah. So if you hear something twice, it's not proof that we're crazy. We might be crazy, but it's not proof of it. There's other proof. It's fine. Just like go through our blogs. You'll find it. It's It's right there. (laughs) This is not it. This is not the proof you're looking for. (laughs) All right. Technical technical mishaps. Say that ten times fast. (laughs) I know. I cannot even say slow. Oh. So let's go into Liz in and uh, she didn't have a lot to do with this episode except for definitely being suspicious of of wrestler um, being in trouble. Yeah, and and you said that earlier, and I I'm more inclined to agree with you now that that wrestler that or that uh, Samar and, and Liz were. Kind of yeah. lifting the lifting the eyebrow at, at rest yeah. on that. If they had been dogs, the ears would have been up. Definitely, they got they got a whiff of something that was a little off in 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 that situation because he's you know the the previous time when you know he's been talking on the phone and he's been doing he's been doing uh things with Prescott and, you know, and calling Prescott and all this. And Lisa's also being like, hmm, I wonder what this is. I mean, she's done that. She's been there. I mean, think back yeah. to Samuel Leco when she was like, I got to take this call. 
I gotta go do such and such by myself, without my partner, without doing, you know. She knows the signs. Call her for she, me, yeah. Yeah, she's done it before. And just as you just said, she, he, he's covered for her and... And Samar, yeah. too, because yeah. Samar is like, oh, let me check that, that, um, let me check that suspicious guy from the other, um, uh, that, that, uh, Aram dug up in, in the Lipid Seafood Company. That turned oh, out to be Mossad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then she's like, no, he's fine. Um, so, I mean, they, they know, I mean, this, this is not, this is really not a stretch. And look at Cooper. He went to great lengths to try to cover up the fact that he beat up a suspect. Or that he was being blackmailed all through season one. Yeah. Or season two, excuse me. Uh, when he was blackmailed by by Connolly. Yes. And so he and his yeah. wife were both being blackmailed. And he couldn't say anything, but he was having to cover for different things. This entire team has been in this situation. It's just Rustler's turn. Exactly. Aram has the one that actually has been that he's not entirely without having done it because he knew for like a few days, a couple of days, that they were going to be investigated by a grand jury. He just yeah. didn't say that until like the he second al- day. He also kept it a secret when he started dating Elise again, or Janet. Yeah, well, but you can say that that is her, his personal life and that, you know, didn't really matter to anybody that but, would that would have been like that would have been like liz not letting everybody know that she and tom were back together i mean that that was pretty much common knowledge when they got back together um hmm. now that you mentioned it was it yeah yeah it was well, because she was pregnant i mean it would have been a little hard well like... i mean they they all seem to know i mean to be fair, he was part of exonerating her, but they mm-hmm. all seemed, it's not like it was just chatted about regularly, but they seemed to yeah. know that, that they were together and that yeah. Tom was yeah, still you're around. Right, you're right. Yeah, because Tom was, was helping that. That's correct. So, but this is like, they all done that. They all know the signs and Cooper was, you know, he basically up front said, tell me about this. Why didn't you put anything in this report? Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say that Liz definitely knows. Other than that, what else did Liz do in this episode? Um, she had a really nice scene with Wrestler um, when she called McGinnis on his his BS there. Uh, it was a nice profile of Liz moment where mm-hmm. she comes in, he, she goes, he's dirty. And Wrestler's like, well, how can you tell? She said, and they, they they combined their knowledge of firearms of how it typically goes with her her profiling instincts. It was just a really nice moment for her to to put that together. It was you hear a lot of the fans talk about how they love profiler Lizzie, and that was just one of those brief moments that mm. even though she didn't have a huge part in the the episode, we got profiler Lizzie, which is always a fan favorite. And also, she's done the same thing in about the same. Um, in about the same um, 
situation in the Liberty Food Company when she says, that guy was framed. That guy was framed. I don't know how I know it, but that guy is framed. It's, it's that profiler instinct that she has. She has all the education behind it, the natural instinct, all of that that goes the into... The criminal mind. Yeah, the, to, that goes into profiling, and she uses it, and she she's honed it to be very good at what she does, and she is. And so it's it's nice. It's I talk a lot about it's nice when we see that Tom is, you know, an exceptionally intelligent human being, very good at covert operations, et cetera, et cetera. It's nice to see Liz being really good at what she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they all have to be. That You don't get to be in that kind of unit. You don't get to survive in that kind of environment. I don't care, you know, who you are to Red if you're not good at it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, she would have been killed by this yeah. point. So it, that was that, and in... there was another thing with Liz uh, that I found interesting with how she seemed to push Tom to work with Red. It, it was a little bit vague because you had there were three different instances in which Tom goes to Red and says, "Liz told me you wanted to see me." Tom tells Red when they're in the back of the van, he said, "You know, I didn't want to do this, but Liz." Liz really wanted me to. And then at the end, Liz says, thank you for offering. I, I what took do you that, interpret? I, I took that as basically, <laughs> you know, she made it very clear what she wanted. Well, you don't have to do this, but it would be nice if you would. And he, bas- you know, he basically agreed to do it, and she took that as the offer. You know, you know those unspoken, it would be fantastic mm-hmm. if you do this, you're going to do this, so you might as well just offer and make it sound like it's your idea, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I go a step forward, and I think that Red wanted, because think about it, Red doesn't have, Red needed Demba to be with him to, to conduct part two of the thing. Um, then he, he certainly could not offer... Um, could not offer um, Glenn. I don't think Glenn would have done well being taken as hostage for... They would have shot him just to shut him up. I love Glenn, but he would have pissed somebody off. What are you eating, Doc? Yeah. He would not have done well. Um, Or he would have spent the entire day in the trunk of a car, uh, muffled and... and, Glenn uh, is not hostage material. (laughs) No, 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 not nice one. So I mean, it's it's not that he had a lot of of other options, and he needed to put somebody in that situation, somebody that should anything go south was able to extricate themselves safely. Yes. And in that, he had Dembe and he had Tom, and he needed Dembe with him. Yes, I I agree, and I I don't know if he knew that Tom was going to go, have to go with, uh, Bacardi, something like that. Um, the, the gun Bacardi. 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 Uh, I don't know if he knew for sure, but I'm sure it was on the realm of possibilities that he was going to want collateral. Yeah. Why, why, why didn't you just, I mean, I'm not going to go there unless I have something of yours. So mm-hmm. either you leave the money or you leave, or you leave someone. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm sure it was certainly on the realm of possibilities and that does make sense that Tom... I also think that 
I, I was talking to someone today about it, and we were talking about how Red likes to rile Tom. I mean, he likes to push buttons. He does. I mean, that's that's a thing. And I think he got a kick out of it to an extent <laughs> of, of just sending Tom along. And Tom's like, really? <laughs> really? But, yeah. I mean, I, I think there were many deeper purposes, but I think on the shallower infrared, I think he very much enjoyed doing it. Yeah, I I was first of the opinion that Red was did that on purpose in order to have a conversation with with Tom. Uh, what passes in Spy World for a deep conversation about their issues, but um, I've rewatched today that scene probably four or five times. Not the entire episode, just those you know the, that scene between the two of them, and and I am not so sure anymore. I think that. Uh, it generally just happened that they that's the way it rolled because that's the way it needed to roll. They needed to put Bohadi and the and the people in one van so that they could be delivered to the FBI. And the other thing was, you know, then Tom was left in the van. Yeah, and they had to be loaded in there so that Bohadi thought that it was real. Yeah. They they closed the door the whole thing so so it was it was um I found one thing I find interesting is that that they knock on the door before opening yeah and I mean if it weren't at least I mean at the on the shallowest end for kicks for the deeper end to try to figure out you know because Red knew something was going on when Tom invited him to dinner there was no question there whether he knows why or what's going on is up for debate and he does know something's going on so i think he took the opportunity to try to see if he could glean any information just like tom invited him to dinner to try to take the opportunity to glean any information these men don't let these opportunities pass they they get intel because information is power Mm -hmm. and so Um, I, i think that that was at least in part planned having time alone to see what Tom would say. Because Tom does sometimes get started when he gets emotional on it, and he's always emotional when it comes to Liz. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one thing you can count on, one thing that Red hates about it. But so's Red, so he really can't complain. But... Yeah, but, Tom- but, you know, he had 30 years on him. Or 25 yeah, years on him. that's true, too. But, I mean, Tom will run off at the mouth sometimes when it has to do with him worrying over Liz. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Red was hoping for, is that he would confess what, you know, run off and somehow work, work himself into a corner and say something that was going to tip tip Red off to what's going on. And, and one thing that, that you mentioned in the previous edition was that it was it's very interesting to see the evolution of Liz's character when she was flipping out back and forth with the passports and undercover Tom and, you know, first she finds a passport, says that she's okay with those guys. Then Tom goes to work with Red, and Liz is flipping out about it. And then we theorize at that point, just based on character analysis, that the reason to do that was because it was it was tied to Red. And at that point, she had not accepted that part of herself. She was fighting it. It wasn't about Tom. It was about her working with Red. 
It was about her being the monster that she has been calling Red. I, I agree. And now that she has accepted Red as her father and has accepted that she's willing to work with him, she's. I think she wants them both on the same page. She wants to make sure that her husband and her father are not going to kill each other. So she sends them out for bonding time. I mean, mm -hmm. some men go out, have a beer, and do some fishing. These men go out and hijack a plane and some guns. I mean, this is <laughs> this is spy, spy in-law bonding time right there. Yeah. I, I do think that maybe Red told Liz that he would like to work with Tom, that she needed, because otherwise Liz... And Liz was not going to say, hey, Red said to work with him. Yeah. She probably tried to get him to say, hey, do you want me to go and not work with him? Well, I mean, I, I've also wondered if perhaps she was talking to to Red and said, you know, we, we've got to find some even ground for the two of you. And Red said, fine, I need a person for this. Mm -hmm. Get Tom. Yeah. You know, Red you, you always have three angles. Yeah. What and that's the, anything. exactly it could have been both it could have been both because that's red <laughs> it's always playing the angles yep um and what? so I, I think that then we have got to this point it, i mean it was a, it was a lovely time when he says yeah i know he can be a bit much sometimes i mean this is really the pesky father but the elephants. I, just, I love that. I can't believe you're related to him. He's a nut job. <laughs> yeah, but then again, we we as we said, um, you know, this daughter of a nut job kept you a prisoner for four months. I think Tom works very hard not to think about that. I think he has compartmentalized those four months of torture and put them back in a box, locked the key, tossed the key away, hidden it away in a dark corner. He does I, not think about it. He's moved on. I, I think that he and Liz are very similar in that get even. Yeah. They, like, they like have they're on to even be. ground now. Because I think that most people would find hard to move on from either one of us. And we see this in the fandom. We see people like screaming, they're not even, they can never be even. Because uh, he put his hands or he just, uh, you she know. put her hands on light. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it goes both ways. Yeah, so, so the fact that, that they move on from that kind of things to me means they both come from the same thing. Once you get even to somebody, whatever that is, and that's a justice system. I'm sorry, but that's what justice system is. You uh, rob somebody, you get three years. You kill somebody, you get 25 years. Uh, it was an accident, you get 10. That's It was just vint uh, vigilante justice is yeah. really what it was. Yeah, it's Red's justice, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, you lied to me, and we had a couple fights. And by the way, that, those fights are so similar to the Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, even to the point where she, the guy, would, uh, Mr. Smith gets thrown against the bookcase. I'm like, I was watching it as I was doing a post. Like, oh my God, look at that. There was so many instances. The writing team has even said that. I don't remember which one it was, but one- Oh, they I, had that lovely post with but, the, the picture. Oh yeah, with Mr. and Mrs. Keene. But like, yeah. I, I've seen the writers before. I, I don't want to call a name because I don't remember who it was, but they said, have you never seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's right it's there. Like even, 
they, they were like, this is what we're trying to get across. I'm sorry if you didn't see it, but this is what... And they're like, no. And, you know, the, the people that were so angry at them were yelling at them, that's not what this was. And they were like, we kind of wrote it. That's what yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. So it's... It, it... It's funny, but but I think that they they do this, and I think Liz did this with Red. It's like, okay, well, you did crazy things, uh, among them having me kidnapped by the debt collector, and I, I did pretty bad things to you too, like um, having you taken in custody or stabbing you in the neck. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's you know, yeah, we're good. Live and let live. Yeah. This is the Reddington Keene family right here. <laughs> yeah, well, occasionally try to kill one another, like, you know, stabbing one another or sending the guy to Zamani. stab my son-in-law. And then my daughter stabs me. It, when he said that, all I could think of was, well, why didn't you do it yourself in season one, Red? <laughs> I, I do believe Red when he says, I'd put the bullet in you myself. I do believe him, but... His point was, and I know people have been going haywire over this, going, ha-ha, he's, he's going to kill Tom. Says you're important to me. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they cherry-pick the pieces. Yeah. Okay, yes, he would put the bullet in him, him himself. He's just saying, I'm not going to hire someone to put you down. If it's got to happen, I'm going to do it. But it's not going to happen because Liz loves you and I love Liz. Yeah, and... One of the things about about that entire uh, situation with Red is that remember how Red said to 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 Liz in um, in the major how he had that lovely thing about you know you start looking at a distance for for this person and at the end it doesn't matter what you do because it's not about them it's about you trying to take care of your own guilt yes. because what you took from her. That and was at the, Tom, at the end of the Tom Keen episode. Yes. Yeah, and that, that was a very heartfelt thing. And I didn't understand it for a while, but then I got it. What he took from her is him as his father. So, so in, this, in this thing of, 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 of Tom, of is he threatening Tom? Um, was no, I t he already told Liz, I care for him, or rather, I care for you and Agnes. He told Tom, You're Agnes' father and Liz's husband. And he told Liz in uh, 216 that you doing something for, for somebody because you took away their father. It's all about the guilt you feel is not about them. Something he references later on in when Liz is dying and he says, I done nothing for you. And because it's not about her, it's about his own guilt. And that comes through, do you really think that on top of having taken himself off as the father from Liz, he's now going to take from her her husband and the father of her child forget maybe Liz and Tom will one day part ways but is he is still Agnes father you can't take can you imagine no your your grandfather took you kill your father that's not gonna go well with Liz yeah 
And, I mean, I, I've talked to other people about this before. It's it, the only way that I can see Red doing anything like that is if, you know, you had another situation in which Tom was a direct, immediate threat to Liz. Which he's not going to be at this point. I know a lot of people... Well, I, I know that very loud people, I'm not sure how many there are, um, would like to think that that's going to be a possibility, but character development has brought him in such a such a route that there's he, he's not. He's not going to be a direct, intentional, purposeful threat to Liz again. Yeah. Now, fact, thing, things that he does may bring chaos to their door. That's just their lives. Liz is going to yeah. do it. Red's going to do it. Tom's going to do it. It wouldn't. They're, they're not going to have a squeaky clean little, you know, picket fence, or else it'd be boring and nobody'd want to watch the blacklist. It uh, one one thing that definitely um, happens is that most of the stuff that Liz and Tom do spring from not having answers. And when people say, well, Red told you, you should do what Red says. Yeah, how many times did anybody have done what their parents told them to do? Or I can when, tell you how many. Zero! Or when Red gives her half answers and expects her just to abide by his law. Thank with you! Him. It makes me so angry when that happens. I get so frustrated. I'm like, I'm sorry. If someone says, do such and such, I go, why? Well, because I said so. I'm sorry, am I five? You're going to have to walk me through this. If I don't understand it and I my immediate reaction is absolutely not, you better give me a damn good reason why I need to be doing this. If you can't, I'm going to find out what's going on myself. And, I mean, that seems like a very practical way, and that is the way Liz goes at it. Yep. And that's... Exactly. I mean, that I don't blame her for it. Now, it gets her into a lot of trouble sometimes. Sometimes it would have been smarter to have followed Red's lead, but we are a third-party viewer watching this with an omnipresent sort of situation. Well, as omnipresent as we can be with what the writers give us. You know, mm -hmm. we, we have a... We definitely watch Red on his own yeah. when Tom and Liz do not. Exactly. So we have more information as the viewers than the characters do individually. And so to expect them to act on information that we have is absurd. We, we just shouldn't. And I know we do, like, everybody does it to a degree. But, I mean, I find myself yelling at characters and going, no, no, you don't know this yet. You will. And when you do, you're going to kick yourself, you know. But, you know, you can't expect a grown woman to meet up with a liar, a, a proclaimed liar. He said, you know, everything about me is a lie. I'm a criminal. Criminals are notorious liars. I mean, these are the things he said upon meeting her as an adult. And to just start accepting everything on his word. Even four years later, he's he screwed her around so much. And we know that his intentions are good, but that doesn't always mean that she should just blindly follow him. She's a strong woman. Let her be strong. Even if it gets her in trouble. Hey, even when she was four years old, they told her to stay in the closet, did she? No, she came out and shot somebody. <laughs> Some things don't change. So, uh, do you think that, that Tom was wrong in saying what he did? No. I, I, it reminded me very much of season two when he stood over Red's uh, bedside after he'd been shot and said, You hurt Liz. 
the most. I think that Tom still feels that way. I think that Tom feels that he learned the lesson that Liz needed honesty and truth in her life above everything else, and she does. She's made that very clear. Tom learned that lesson three bullets, four months, and losing her. Taught him that very hard lesson. And he's watching Liz learn that Reddington's her father, something he's that she's been looking for her entire life, definitely the entire time that Tom's known her. And he's going, whatever lie Reddington's holding back here is going to break her heart. And it's it's killing him to know that, but he doesn't know what the lie is yet, so he can't bring the information forward until he does. Yeah, and I, I don't think... I think he's very frustrated right now because if he thought he could just tell tell Red, tell her, you know, but he can't because one, that would give his hand away, and two, Red's not going to, Red would have done it already if he was just going to tell her. He's not just going to go, you're right, Tom, I do need to be more honest, and suddenly go proclaim all of his secrets to Liz. It's not going to happen, <laughs> and Tom knows that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so funny. I um... know. <laughs> I had trouble getting through that with a semi-straight face. Yeah. It, I also think that that at this point, you know, you it's Red, it's Tom lying to Liz because he he hasn't told her about the suitcase. No, that's not lying. He's omitting telling her until he finds out. Because I mean, let's say by now he's gone already than the whole Kaplan plan probably, and he has pretty good reasons to suspect that whatever that suitcase is. Might not be good. Yeah. It could put her in danger. It could put their family in danger. He was needs willing, information. She was, she was willing to put them all in jail. So I have a feeling that if she was willing to put Liz in jail in order to save Agnes from the criminals, I have a feeling that Tom had also a plan for him. And the fact that, to me, that, that Tom was supposed to call Denison after getting the suitcase, tells me that Denison was supposed to call Oleander later, let him know that the suitcase was in place, and have them all go at each other to see who ends up alive, or maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a convoluted web that Kate's left behind. And I think that Tom... Coming off of everything with Halcyon, with with not knowing about Howard, knowing about Scotty, whatever that all entails, I think that Tom's kind of in a tailspin on that, and he knows that Liz is going to be inclined to trust, trust Reddington more, like she did with Kirk. You know, any any of her hesitation with that's going to be out the window right now, and so he wants to go to her with all the information all the details and say okay here is what it is what would you like to do with it because if he came to her and just said kate gave me this here you go she'd go okay let's take this to red and they Mm. would never find out now if he takes it to her and goes it's your mother it's somebody your mother killed it's you know insert whatever the bones are here or the suitcase or whatever it is it's the big deal you know then then at least he's done his part and given her everything. And if she still goes to Red at that point, it's her call. Mm. And he'll just go, I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I do think that... that I, I have a feeling that 
the suitcase is not going to be anything that paints red in a bad light because she was trying that before and it didn't work. I have a feeling that the suitcase represents a direct danger to Liz and to anyone holding that suitcase. And I think that that's the reason why she planned to give it to Tom and Liz. Might be. To Tom, to Liz through Tom, to get them all killed. They might be. I mean, I like I said last season, I was very hesitant to think that that was her goal, but after watching those outtakes from season four with, with Liz basically going, you're sending me to jail to quote-unquote save Agnes? No. And I was like, well, Tessa was right. All right. <laughs> I mean, you called it, so pat on your back. <laughs> there you go. I, I, You know, the, it's funny because, you know, not, not that I am, you know, I don't claim to have any, any training of it, but I am a human lie detector. I can't tell lies. And when an actor is worth their salt, I can, if I look at the scenes enough, I can tell, you know, that I, there was something and I watched that and I know that they said that they haven't really, uh, geared onto what Kaplan was going to do for season two, but you can see that already season three, that was starting to percolate, you know, that face that she had in that car, that was murders. She was ready to kill Red. Then, I think she one, was horrified by the situation she was presented with. She felt like she had no choice but to do what she did. It's still those bodies, that the notes. That's something that, I'm sorry, maybe she was not conscious of it, but she was planning for it. Even if she loved Red, I bet that she loved Katerina more. I, I could see that. I could I could get behind that. Hmm. Um, what about Red caring for Tom? I love it. I I live for those scenes. They give me life. This I was very happy with the fact that they had that conversation. You know, in in the general that that passes for a heart to heart. Did you notice how many times, at least twice, I think actually three different times, he he clasped his hand on Tom's shoulder. It was a very affectionate gesture. And, I mean, every time Tom's just like, stop touching me. <laughs> you know? He just kind of gets irritated with him. But it's a, it's a gesture that you see with fathers and sons, you know, father-in-laws and son. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, Tom was just irked with red the entire time so that's why he was irked that he was doing it but it was a it was a very affectionate gesture towards him and we've seen little shifts like that in which it's i mean he's never going to just love tom because he's tom keen but he realizes that liz does love him and he loves liz and so he's finally accepted tom and i think he's just found a way to deal with that like dom yeah, with him. yeah even and... he even he told dom uh i'm you know i'm sorry i wasn't what you expected me to be yeah i i very much i for a while i've seen this relationship moving in that direction i'm glad it's continuing that way mm-hmm and and we've have called so many things um, right you know we we deserve a little self pat on the back um, that happens when you are in the canon 
and you actually watch all of the scenes. All the canon. Yes. Yay! Yes. Um, I I am incapable of shows that I truly love of not diving into them and picking them apart. It's I, I tend to only do it one show at a time. I stretched myself a little bit thin recently, but it's it's so like I don't understand people that can casually watch shows. Oh, I'm not, again, this I'm is not a, this one is of an those. anomaly. Like I don't me. understand how anybody could casually watch the blacklist. There's so much they must miss out on. It makes me so sad. Sometimes I wish I hadn't become addicted to it, but I'm having a good time, so yeah. I carry on with the addiction. Um. It's a. Uh, I love that, and I, I was w- waiting for an, an episode in which we would get that entire um, conversation. That what is a heart to heart, you know? Like, yeah, you lied to Lisa, you lied too, and she's very forgiving. Yeah, that's why you're alive. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, because Red did call it. I- Liz's kindness, her forgiving nature, is exactly why Tom is, one, alive, and two, that they're together. Mm-hmm. I mean, the majority of people would not have the capacity to forgive him for what he did. He knows he screwed up. He, I mean, they're both very well aware of that. It's not something that they that either of the Keens have sugarcoated over the years. They've just Even moved... Red yeah, knows they've, that they've he's just moved, bad. Well, they've just moved past it, and Tom has learned and grown. And I think that's what a lot of the people that really hate him have never accepted or watched. I don't know if they just cherry-pick and watch scenes or what they do, but they completely they negate... They got a Tom session. They completely negate character growth. Between I, I saw something the other day, you know trying to refer a quote from season four back on before his redemption arc and it's just like what you know it's this is not how you handle character growth you watch them a a well-written redemption arc moves in such a fashion in which you see the character they hit a low you you see them as a bad situation they hit rock bottom in a low where they can't go any deeper Something changes, you know, something clicks. There's some outside force, something that works with them inside, outside. That click happens, and they start that upward climb. And it's typically very painful and very struggling. But they start struggling towards that light, and once they hit the end of the redemption arc, they're either a changed person or they sacrifice themselves and die. That's that's usually the two ends of the redemption arc. They get their quote-unquote happy ending where something really good you know they, they become a better person mm-hmm. or they become a better person and they die um it just they're, they're the two basics of, of redemption or they're marks. struggling to become a better person and then have one moment of of they sacrifice themselves well, yeah yeah so That's that kind I mean. of takes the place of of growing that, well people that just like oh they're horrible they sacrifice themselves and that that's not it's a mini redemption arc it's it's kind of a cop out, but you know, in most cases. But regardless, it just depends on the character and the situation. And they've worked the Keens very well, in which they've they took a relationship that was unhealthy. Their their relationship in season season one was unhealthy. It was a bad relationship built on lies and mistrust and terrible things. They took that. They shattered it picked apart the things that were right 
and rebuilt it into something and based it off of trust and honesty and commitment and quality. And that's what they rebuilt it as. And so Tom's personal redemption arc and the Keens' relationship redemption arc work hand in hand on that. And it's it's really fascinating. And as a as a character analysis, as a redemption arc fan, as a writer, as as someone that just digs super deep into all this stuff, I, and I understand I do, and not everybody does, but from my point of view, it gets very frustrating sometimes when people just take all of that writing, all of that hard work that the writers have done, that the editing team has done, the actors have done, and just toss a good three seasons out. And you, say say, you mean you said people are supposed to think? Yes. Oh. I, I know that's a lot to ask sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> but no, I, it, it bothers me on a very... <laughs> I, I was joking about it the other day on something, and I said, I am deeply offended by this. <laughs> I am personally and deeply offended <clears throat> by this. Negating character growth, drive, it's, it's a pet peeve well, of mine. It, even, in, even in Red, we've seen that character growth. I mean, Red finally said to Kaplan, like, she's not Masha anymore. She's not a child is what she was telling. You know, the the little baby, the little Masha, that she stopped being Masha, she stopped being a child of four, that grown to be Elizabeth Keene, to grown to be an adult, grown to like to be in a life of crime, even without me being in it. And even went and got higher education in criminal backgrounds Behavior, you know, to, to be yeah. able to study it yeah everything yeah. was geared towards that even without him in the picture mm -hmm. and and you know even sam sam was chosen by her mother so um uh, did you notice by the way when they get off the the truck and and red says um basically what is functioning is a little um back way introduction of Katerina because I don't know if you noticed but Katerina hasn't been mentioned a lot in oh, for the half, yeah the, the, the redhead the yeah red they're redhead <laughs> he wants to be locked in a truck with a redhead Any yeah if you're lock me in a with a nice demeanor in a, with a, with a smi nice smile and, and pleasant demeanor somehow <laughs> I don't well maybe a fake pleasant demeanor Katerina <laughs> Somehow, well, I'm feeling, sure. if the two of them were locked in a truck, I don't think it would be a pleasant demeanor. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's uh, considering that that Liz got the temper from Dom, and considering the type of women that Red seems to like, that because he does have a type, the Madeleines of the world, um, Carla slaps him. Um, well, not even slaps him. She actually punches him, punches him and draws blood um, in the mouth. The moment he meets him, like you change a lot and punches him. So we know that definitely he does have this type of women. That if, if you don't subscribe to my theory that Carla is just one of Katarina's names. But even then, I mean, there you are. You're introducing uh, that Katerina in there. And, yeah, we have no idea if they have had a tremendous fight or, yeah, who knows. I, yeah, I I it, am very entertained by it. And I can't wait. I, cause I, I'm still on board with I think Katerina's alive. And I'm very excited to have her back eventually. I'm like 99.5% sure that she's alive. <sighs> 
I would go. I would up you up to ninety nine point eight at least, if not there nine. There you go. I mean, that's. I'm pretty certain. <laughs> I am even writing a post about it, but uh, yeah, you'll see soon. Um, definitely, I think that she's alive. So before we wrap, I do feel like we need to mention Glenn and that final scene, that beautiful final scene with with Glenn and. Uh, and the uh, the plane and everything. Yeah. Now you notice how Red when when Red goes to see Red to De uh, Glenn, you think that that demeanor like broken Red and all that is real or he's just playing a. It's so hard because he is. I gotta say in this thing, he is so good. Oh yeah, he's very good. I I think that he was frustrated with having because I mean he's. Glenn always flusters him. I mean, and I don't know how much it is that Glenn actually flusters him or if he just plays fluster just to get... Because whenever he finally... Glenn, you know, breaks him, quote-unquote, that's when Glenn starts turning around and becoming more pliable and, and more helpful. And so it's a shtick that those two have, and I don't know how much of it is... Dysfunctional relationship, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I do get the impression that Glenn really irks Red. But what we saw in this episode was value loyalty above all else. Glenn may drive him up the freaking wall, but when push comes to shove, when he was poisoned and everybody else was being taken into custody, who was there? Glenn Carter. When everybody else has run away, who sticks with? Glenn. When he needed a million dollars in cash, who's there to provide it? Glenn. The entire, and I just, I love that at the end when he walks up and he's goofing about the mosquitoes and sleeping with the door open and all of this. And Reddington's just watching him like, you can go now. Please mm -hmm. go. And then he sits down and you just kind of see him look at him, reach over, take the beer, open it for him. When, when, when just, Glenn says, I know about being alone. Yeah. And you and, know that that is a moment when, when when Red realizes, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe I'm a little alone. Maybe he's a little alone. And He's lost a lot, and he hasn't taken a lot of time to mourn for it. Because regardless of the betrayal, betrayal is always a very complicated emotion when it's someone that close to you like Kate was. She was his confessor, his dear, one of his dearest friends. I mean, when the cabal was breaking in to come shoot him and all everything looked like it was about to go up in flames, she was standing at his side with a gun, ready to defend him to the death. I mean, to mm. lose Kate the way he did, to, one, feel like he had no other option but to put her down himself, get a second chance with her, choose to do right, and watch her commit suicide in front of him... He's never, he hasn't really taken a lot of time to mourn that, at least that we've seen. He lost Baz. Um, Marvin's in prison right now, I believe. I mean, unless he's gotten out. But if he is out, I think he's flown the coop. You know, Red told him to, to take a hike and run. Um, he lost uh, Brimley. Brimley left. He has mm -hmm. lost people that have been with him nearly two decades, and some of them that far as well. Good friends close confidants and that's a lot of emotional situations on top of losing 
what he's used to in the money and the ease and the flights and, you know, all of that, he has lost a lot. And I don't think he's taken a lot of time to stop and slow down and actually focus on that. And I so, don't think that Red does that. I don't think he does either, but sitting there and, and in the dark, at the end of everything, that you know, they won the day, they got the guns, they, they're not dead, they got to pay the money back, they got a plane. He doesn't have money to put fuel in the plane. I think that reality, it's kind of like the high of everything and then coming off of it. He's sitting there, and he realizes that out of his old life, he has two people sitting with him that are still alive and still with him. Well, and he does have now because he is, he had been accepted, and that is a major victory. Liz has come, yeah. oh, made his, her peace about it. So now he has, he started to come home. He is, is one of his daughters back. And, you know, like it or not, even if he's a little, you know, kiss from the devil. He is a son-in-law and a grandchild. It, you know, it may not be the son-in-law that he ever wanted. Neither and was he to I was going to say, Tom certainly didn't want him as a father-in-law. But it's the way it is, and they will eventually come to on that. I, I do believe that, and I think they're starting to. I think that Red's going to move towards it at this point faster than Tom, because Tom still feels like Red's hiding too much. Well, he's, he's coming from his father's, um, if he learned that, that Howard used him, he's got to be pretty rattled about oh, it. Oh, and the trust issues that he already had are through the roof at this point. I mean... On the other hand, that Red did tell him not to go, but uh, who knows? They're, to be fair, who he, played did, who? he didn't go. Howard came to him. Yeah. Howard Drag had him some... in. Howard had someone call him, pretend that he was a lawyer, bring him in, and then meet him, have him delivered to the wrong spot, and give him a clandestine phone call. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's that's it's not like Tom went seeking after it. He was, mm -hmm. as you just said, dragged in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's... Red, Red certainly took a moment to, to make that comment, but that doesn't mean it's accurate. I think that that in the relationship of Red and, and Tom reminds me every day more Dom and Red. I'm oh, sure that for Dom, Red, because I am convinced that he is married to Katerina. And uh, so you're not going to shake me from that one so easily. I do think that, uh, that that is exactly what Dom felt. I mean, are you kidding me? Is that what you bring in? That's what she brought home to dinner? Are you kidding? <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, even if they weren't married, even if she he was just kind of the one that she wanted to choose, it's mm -hmm. still Yeah, not not a happy not a happy uh one for Dom. Um it, I love I love Glenn uh, was absolutely hilarious in the scene as a money man, you know, coming up to that to the gangster, and you know, talking about the, the what are you eating? And so yeah, that was so so fun. Glenn is 
I hope they keep him on and they give him an expanded role because he is you, he is like a condiment. You cannot have too much of him, but he, but he's definitely hilarious, and and I could see more of him. Oh, he's brilliant. I'm I'm really glad now, that he's there. Red's gonna need a cleaner. He's got cleaners. Remember last year or last season? Yeah, but now he can't pay them. That's fair. Maybe that will put him a little stop in the killing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I will kill you, but I can't afford it. <laughs> <gasps> I would love to put a bullet in your brain, but you'd bleed over everything, and I just can't. That's not my budget. <laughs> Go talk to my uh, budget lady. <laughs> Hawkins is that? No, no, don't kill him. <laughs> no blood. No anything. Oh, but I can strangle him? Okay. <laughs> Just don't leave DNA. God. Yeah, it, it? we have not talked at all about the secondary thing, which is the the whole thing with the cops and and the and the crazy lady. How did you like having the blacklister, that woman, and the kinky thing? What was the object of the kinky thing? Just a way to kill the guy? No, I guess. <laughs> I I don't even know. <laughs> I think I, mean, that, I don't know. I I love the the, the one moment I, I I wasn't crazy about the whole somebody you know, somebody likes those masks because they used them back in um um oh, what was it in season 2 Vanessa Cruz they had yes. that mask that came down over his face like that for the for the I guess S&M stuff. Mhm. Uh, <laughs> Somebody yeah, that's this. right. That's right. Um, what, what the moment I love about the blacklister, and I wasn't too crazy about that. The, the 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 what should have been the blacklister, but the episode was really about wrestler and 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 the and Tom and Red on this team. Um, was that moment when they're in this whole thing? He's tied up. He has this the the rubber thing. And then the phone rings, and she puts the phone in, and he started like talking normally, and I was cracking up at that point. That was that was so funny. And then he's like, "Oh, um, nope, uh, they found the thing to you, not to me." Oops. Okay, S and M got suddenly very real. Safe word is none. <laughs> there is no more safe word. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and that is why you never are the person that's. <laughs> It's in the compromised position. <laughs> Not if you're dealing with a real killer, you know. It's like that was it. Why would you uh, do I love that, that one. <laughs> I, I love that one when, when she's like, Oh no. Nope. And then suffocates him. It was it, that part I really liked. That was funny. Very, very funny. Um what else was the in this episode? I think that that's wraps it. Oh, I wanted to also say that um there, they introduce a character named Scotty. So I am thinking that they are going to bring that whole thing around. I would actually, I know that probably Howard is not the character they're going to bring back if they ever do bring one, because he just got signed up for another show. Uh, so unless they can make I mean, it work somehow. That doesn't mean that he can't guest on it. I mean, there are many, many actors that do that. Eddie was running two shows at the same time. Ryan basically was doing the spinoff and Blacklist. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and just crossing over. A lot of actors do that. For one or two episodes, they could probably make it work. I hope. I would I would love to see them back. In fact, I, I wouldn't... I need Howard. <sighs> Don't dash my hopes. I need Howard to be a father to Tom. <laughs> I, I'm more intrigued need. now to hear, to, to see also Scotty, because Scotty would be, you know... I, the thing is, like, I went into Redemption for Scotty and Tom. I left Redemption for Howard and Tom. Like, not not left it, like, angry. But, like, when by the time it was done, I was all in for the father-son relationship. And that's, that's a trope of mine, is complicated father-son relationships. Don't ask me why. I have no idea why that's a thing for me, but it is. I love complicated father-son relationships where it's just totally screwed up and it's an adult son, an adult dad, you know, obviously adult dad, but you know, like an adult son and they're trying to figure out how to make this not, not quite as screwed up as it is. And I love those scenarios and I really, really need Howard to come back and to have chosen poorly but it be like like red is with liz come from a place of trying to protect his child i need this don't dash my hopes even if it's not true don't dash my hopes until they have to be dashed (laughs) i'm gonna be very stubborn on this one (laughs) so so we got two characters that have been brought in you know, basically, Tom's uh, red saying that you know he preferred to be locked with a redhead. Next time, bring a redhead with a nice smile and pleasant demeanor, um, and and a character named Scotty. So I do wonder if the moms are going to show up. I would love that, and I I have a fun head canon that Scotty and Katarina know each other, and so oh, I am certain of it. I I need them certain. In fact, yeah, you know that I, I think that they're going to be cousins. Yeah, you and I are going to continue to disagree on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she gives me the heebie-jeebies. This is not Game of Thrones. Um. Oh, yeah, you're, you're a little close. I mean, Game of Thrones, you got, like, brother and sister. Yeah, you know, cousins Yeeks. are not... Cousins, dear, it's illegal in most states. I think maybe all states. Um, no, it isn't. I researched it extensively. Oh my and gosh, why? Exact- <laughs> Your search engine's as weird as mine, isn't it? <laughs> See, mine's like, can so-and-so survive if? Tessis is like, how close can, how closely related can these people be? <laughs> oh, because because I've always had that that I that feeling. I've always had this feeling that that Scotty and and uh, and Katharina are gonna be cousins. I really hope not, because that will creep me Most out, the, and Agnes of, may have some issues. No, no, the, well, no, they made a point to tell you that she's perfectly fine. That she has <laughs> no genetic issues. They did make a point of it. In fact, the, the possibilities with, with cousins are, is only like 0.01 difference. Okay, okay. It's, I'm still telling you, American audiences, American audiences will be squeamish over that. They're going to have the same... A lot of people will have the same reaction I'm having right now to this. That, ugh. Um, I will not be the only one. <laughs> I am not... For once in my lifetime, I am not the weird one here. <laughs> well, just so you know, most 
most kings ended up marrying their cousins and things like that. Okay. <laughs> we need to stop this one. <laughs> I'm going to rile myself up. I'm too far gone at this point. I'm not going to make sense. <laughs> every time you say that, all I can think of is Game of Thrones. <laughs> but that is... I that know, I know, sister. but that's where my brain goes, and I'm just going, ah. I'm just telling you, do the research, and you find that there's some stage, but that those those laws were introduced before <laughs> genetics came on the on the subject. And now genetics say that basically there is very little difference between completely unrelated people and cousins. I I think that that this wraps us up. Yep. Um. You can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube, and we love to talk. Obviously, we love to talk. We'd love to talk with you. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Tumblr. And um, I think that's it. That's, that's all we it. get. That's all we yes. get. <laughs> all right. Until next week. Till next week. Bye-bye.